Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chasing Legends Outdoors podcast. This is your host, Stephen Crawford, coming at you in the first week of July, which means this is our July to-do list podcast. June, we touched on a whole bunch of trail camera tactics and strategies. This month, I'm going to touch on trail cameras again just as a little refresh, um, but not a whole lot of chores this July unless you have private ground that you do any habitat management there's there's a lot to do in july but other than that's just a very important summer scouting month as the september and october months it inch closer and closer i mean for some of the states here in the midwest wisconsin i know they start in mid-september missouri starts in mid-september a couple other states start in early september we are less than two months away so it is inching closer still a lot to do to ensure that we have our most successful and enjoyable fall we've ever had in the Whitetail Woods. But before we get into our July to-do list, we have to mention a couple of our partners because they go hand-in-hand with being a successful Whitetail hunter. And the first one is the HuntWise app. This is a one-stop shop. If you have listened to this podcast for for its duration, you've heard me talk about HuntWise every time, how much I use it has all the waypoints for e-scouting, mapping. It's also got gear that you can shop at a very discounted rate. And obviously the big thing when it comes to whitetail season is HuntCast 2.0 put together by Whitetail Habitat Solutions, Jeff Sturgis, telling you when to sit and where to sit according to where your hunting properties are on the map. Uh, And it's especially for for the weekend warriors or the guys that can only get out once or twice a week. Uh, Huntcast 2.0 tells you, hey, if you can only get out twice this week, this is when you got to be out in the woods. So becoming a more efficient hunter today by downloading the HuntWise app, we have a promo code for you to get 20% off a Pro or Elite membership. It is CLO20. C is in chasing, L is in legends, O is in outdoors, 20 get 20% off the HuntWise app and become a more efficient hunter today. We also want to mention the Vitals Live just because there's so much information with from so many different platforms and different people on whitetail hunting education, strategy, gear, and safety these days that can be overwhelming to find information that pertains to the questions you have and the answers you're trying to find. The Vitals Live is a premium learning platform that facilitates collaboration among the experts to efficiently present the information that is crucial to success and safety in the field. These are the experts. We're talking John Eberhardt, Dan Infault, Garrett Prawl from DIY Sportsman, Zach Farinball from The Hunting Public. Sat on one with him last week talking about summer prep and summer scouting. These are the best experts all in one place to provide you the vital strategies and best practices to help you better prepare for next season. <clears throat> Whether you're a beginner looking to get into whitetail hunting or you're an experienced whitetail hunter that is looking to advance your skills and knowledge in the field, become a member of The Vitals Live today. Go to thevitalslive.com and select a basic or all-access membership to start attending the trainings of the best experts in the whitetail world. The Vitals Live. Check it out. And with that being said, we'll get right into our July to-do list. And one of the things that I am putting on your to-do list for July, if you haven't already, is download the HuntWise app, especially with fall approaching. HuntCast 2.0 is alone worth the purchase of the app. 
not to mention all the scouting you can do, all the mapping, all the gear. It's a one-stop shop for a whitetail guy. I also want you to become a member of The Vitals Live. My goodness, is it awesome to sit on a Zoom call with Zach Farrenball and Dan Infault, Andy May, and ask questions that pertain to your, to you and your property, and they'll answer those questions for you. The experts that you watch on YouTube, listen to on all these podcasts, they're there to answer your questions and give their best advice and knowledge from the field. The experts. Download HuntWise. Become a member of The Vitals Live this July to better prepare yourself this year. Now to refresh a little bit on what we talked about in the June to-do list, which was all based on trail cameras because a lot of... June is the month that I really like to get my cameras out there. Some guys wait till July. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I feel like the earlier you get them in and let them soak, the better. If you wait till late July, you might be a little late to the part that is inching closer to hunting season. So if you want to make moves with your trail cameras, if you don't get them in till late July, the moves you can make with them before the season starts are, are minimal. So touching base if you're about to put your cameras out the first couple weeks of july what we talked about in june is get out of your comfort zone and if you have enough cameras to play with that is like if you have four plus cameras let's say don't put them all on a destination food source i mean it's fun to look at inventory it's fun to look at what bucks you have in the area but you're telling yourself what you already know and what you already know is those bucks are going to be hitting in July and August and early September, but the September shift's going to happen. Those bucks aren't going to be hitting that bean field so early in the evening. And you got to figure out how you're going to kill them in October because especially in high-pressured states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, more than likely you're not killing that buck on that bean field in early October. You're going to kill him very close to his bedroom or just out of his bedroom making his way to that destination food source in that last hour of light. So get out of your comfort zone and maybe you can put one camera on the destination food source to figure out what time they're getting out there. But other than that, try to put the pieces of the puzzle together of where that buck is bedding and how he's getting from that bed to the destination food source, no matter whether it's a food plot, uh, Oak Ridge, a soybean field, cornfield whatever it may be put the use your cameras to put the pieces of the puzzle together and how he's getting there that very well might mean you leave your camera soaking in a spot from for three weeks and don't get a single picture of them but even though that's not as exciting as scrolling through a thousand pictures on a soybean field it probably is more productive because it's telling you he's not using that area to get to that destination food source so Put your cameras in strategic locations. Hopefully your spring scouting and helped you put a game plan in your mind together of where you want to put those cameras that lead to that destination food source. Find that first bit of cover off the food source. Find those main transition areas and terrain features that might keep that buck hidden all the way up to that food source. Put your camera there. And see if you get them. See if you can start to put those pieces of the puzzle together. So come October when he's not hitting that food source anymore, an hour before daylight, you can still kill him. So the gist of of June's 
episode, go back and listen to it, was get uncomfortable, put those cameras where you haven't put them before, in areas close to bedding, and in transition areas and funnels and trails that lead to food sources so you can kind of try to pinpoint how that buck is getting to that destination food source because chances are by the time you're hunting him he's not getting in october or late september he's not getting to that food source till nine ten o'clock at night but you got to kill him at seven thirty. so figure put those pieces of the puzzle together and use your cameras to do so obviously if you only have two cameras and you just want to find out what kind of bucks are in your area great put it on a food source but if you have multiple cameras to play with that you can let sit for maybe three, four weeks at a time so you can either cross areas off or narrow down a focus on a certain area where you are getting pictures of him to make your fall, sit your early season sits more efficient and successful. So that was the gist of June. Carries over into July if you haven't put your trail cameras out yet. Now back to July, where July is a finicky month. There's a lot of question marks. Should I should I be in the woods? Should I put boots on the ground? Or should I stay out of an area? And I think it's all relative, and I think it all depends on what kind of ground you're hunting. Um, obviously, with public land, part of me wants to say stay out of it because those deer don't need any extra pressure. But you have no control over the other people's going onto that land and for all you know that prop that piece of public's being scouted the day before opening day of bow season with people ripping through it so i would say that if you find a new piece of public land and you want to get put boots on the ground if you find a few waypoints on hunt wise and go hit it hard with your boots i'd say get after it i think july is still a month where you know, especially here in Michigan, we're still two and a half, three months out of bow season. I think the pros outweigh the cons. If you find a, a piece of land, or let's say you get access to a piece of private, um, I think you got to go walk it instead of just e-scouting it. E-scouting is huge, especially for finding little, little, I have finding little spots on your phone that you think look good whether it's a pinch point whether it's a ridge top whether it's a bedding area but you gotta put your eyes you gotta put your boots on the ground so you can actually see what you've been looking at on an aerial map so i think july is still a good month to get after it now private land i'm more of a fan of letting your cameras do the scouting for you and yes you'd have you have to go in there to switch up camera locations be smart about it you know don't just go in there in a limb i know some of us don't have full control when we can go in and when we can go out our schedules are tight but if you can find a day that maybe is a little rainy or very windy and the wind's in your favor where you can sneak up to that bedding area to switch your camera to a different bedding area then all the power to you and that would be a good time to go do that but if you on a piece of private ground and you have full access to who walks in and out besides besides letting your cameras and letting your binoculars do the scouting i think you stay off it as much as you can and that leads me into the next portion of yes so recap boots on the ground depending on the piece 
it depends on how aggressive you can get with your boots on the ground scouting new piece of private new piece of public you find or maybe you're maybe it's a piece of public you've been hunting for a while uh for a long time and you find something else on the aerial maps that looks like it could be something worth looking at go in and check it out because there's not not nobody is telling you that who's to say nobody somebody else isn't going and doing that a month after you so I think with public land, you can continue to do a lot of boots on the ground scouting if you can manage the ticks and keep the flies at bay. Um, I'm all for it. But if you have control over who walks in and on a property, I would say the less boots on the ground you do now, the better. And usually these summer ranges that these bucks are in, a lot of those bucks are going to stay in that relative area through through the early October where you could get a chance to kill them. Now, like I said before, you're probably not going to kill them on their destination food source, but you could kill them on their way to that destination food source. And I think on, on areas that aren't pressured very much, you have a better chance to do that if you don't go running around in July. Um, but I get sometimes you have to. So another, so another topic of discussion in july is glassing now you say steve glassing's fun you know but the public or public or private piece that i hunt there's really no access where i can look at a destination food source so if that's the case what i say is especially here in michigan you have two tags it's fun to go look in glass bean fields and alfalfa fields and hay fields. So why not, If even if your main core, let's just say home turf, is not glassable this summer, go find a public piece of public that is. Or, hell, go out and just glass, you know, farm fields. And if you see a couple good bucks, what's keeping you from knocking on that landowner's door? Or what's keeping you from looking up their phone number on HuntWise and shooting them a text or giving them a call seeing if they potentially have are willing to lease it or willing to let you hunt it. The worst thing that can happen is they say no. So even if your piece of property isn't glassable in the summer or if you have standing corn and you know by mid-July it's too tall for the, you to see the deer... If you if you have the time on your hands, go find pieces of public that have fields that you can glass. Go find go go look at those private pieces that have you see bucks in all the time and knock on a door. But you know, a lot of us get so focused on our home turf, and you say, "Well, I hear all these guys talking about glassing in July and August, but it really doesn't pertain to me." Well, it could pertain to you. Because you're getting too focused on your home turf where you could be enhancing your whitetail knowledge by going to a, a new piece of public and glassing those fields at night. You have two tags. You have two tags in Missouri. You have, you know, or if you are going on an out-of-state trip, let's say you live in Michigan, you're going to Ohio this year. Take a weekend, go down there and, and glass for a weekend. And put, if it's public land, during the day, put your boots on the ground and go do some scouting in the evening, glass those public land fields. Anything you can do to help your chances this upcoming fall, go go ahead and do it. But 
coming back to your home state just because your piece of property, whether it's a piece of public or a piece of private that you hunt, if you can't glass it in the evening just because it's not a property you can glass from the road, A, go find a piece that you can glass and you might find another buck that interests you more than any buck on your home turf. Or B, be, get creative and find a way to glass your property. You know, if you have a spotting scope, you don't have to be within 300 yards. So if there's a field that maybe you can't that you can't glass from the road, try to get creative and find a way to glass that field from your saddle 500 yards away. So there's a lot of options there, but it's just how aggressive and how committed are you to shooting a buck this fall or a good buck i mean a lot of us can go and shoot but if you uh you know a doe or a year and a half two and a half year old buck but if you have your sets you know your sights on a three and a half four and a half five and a half year old buck especially here in michigan or these pressured states in the midwest you got to get out in glass and that glassing is going to tell you more than the inventory you might you know, you might even be glassing a field you have a trail camera in, but you're not getting any pictures, so you go glass it, and you find out that buck is coming into the field in a totally different spot. And that's going to kind of help you use your trail cameras and move them to a spot where you can try to put those pieces of the puzzle together saying, okay, he's coming out into this bean field right here. And more than likely, he's going to come out into the bean field in that same spot in October. It's just going to be later. So how is he getting to that spot? from his bedding area which hopefully you have a a somewhat of an idea where that bedding area is due to your spring scouting so definitely definitely do what you can to get out and glass and like i said if you don't have a property you can glass go find a property you can glass you might stumble upon a buck i mean me my number one goal this year is to kill a public land a michigan public land buck well i can go glass my home turf and the properties that I have permission at but I'm taking the time to go glass new pieces of public land and even if it's two and a half year old buck he's going to pique my interest probably more than that three and a half year old buck that I know what he's kind of doing back in my home turf I know he's going to frustrate the shit out of me this fall I'm going to find a new buck that's going to frustrate me and help and try to put the pieces of puzzle pieces pieces of the puzzle together on that buck on public land um, it's just a new challenge that you, you know, just by glassing new pieces of property and new pieces of public, you might be presented with a new challenge that you really could enjoy this upcoming fall. So just an idea, get out there, glass what you can. I mean, like I said, it doesn't have to be public. Go glass pieces of private property and go glass your neighbor's property, you know, as long as you're not trespassing go glass your neighbor's property because you could especially here in michigan with all these 20 40 acre pieces if you go glass neighboring properties there's a chance that buck might be on your property this fall or at least you might see him in november when he's cruising so be creative go find places to glass because it'll just add more challenge and more knowledge to your repertoire this upcoming fall So boots on the ground, for the most part, I'm all for it unless, like I said, you have complete control over the property and you just want to stay off it as much as possible. Uh, Glassing fields. And then some states allow you to shine fields. 
some of these five, especially, <laughs> I know in Wisconsin you can shine quite a bit. And a shining is very, very popular out there. And those five, six, seven and a half year old bucks, no matter what time of year, they're not hitting that soybean field till 10 o'clock at night. So go shine in those fields. And it's the same as seeing them in the daylight. You're just trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Like, okay, he's here right now. Where did he come from? Or, okay, he's at this field at 11 o'clock. Why is it taking him so long to get out here? He must be betting on the other side of the property. You know, so shining can give you the same kind of knowledge that glassing does when it comes to where are the bucks entering the field? What time are they getting there? and trying to put those pieces of the puzzle together this month to come up with a game plan for September and October, whenever your season starts, to kill him before he gets to that destination food source. So July, again, I think it's a fun month. Not a ton of, like, your head can't, isn't really, you know, spring scouting, trail cameras, where you're, you know, picking out trees to put stands, prepping trees for stands that can all be a lot of it could be overwhelming in the spring and early summer but now it's kind of like all right i got all that out of the way let's go find these bucks and put a game plan together so i think it's a really fun month you you know this some if you got your cameras out in june or maybe the first week of july at the end of july after you let them soak go check them out and see if you can put the pieces of the puzzle together to find how that buck is getting to that destination food source and uh, one thing I'd uh, like to add that I also added in June, but July is still a great month to put together a mock scrape, especially if you have a trail cam- if you have tra- trail cameras at your disposal, putting them in front of mock scrapes is going to tell you, because you're probably going to get more than one buck coming to that, especially this time of year. Just to visit, check it out, get those mock scrapes out, put those cameras over them, and you're going to get a better inventory of the bucks in your area, and it's also going to, give you an idea where those bucks are coming from to get to that mock scrape. So July's a fun month. Get out there, check your cameras, not too often. Start crossing off places that those bucks aren't and narrowing the focus on where the bucks are and start glassing those fields and figuring out, again, this is all about putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Where's this buck entering the destination food source? What time is he coming? Okay, he's coming from there. The closest cover is here, so I'll put a camera here. Or the closest cover is 400 yards away, and if he's already out here, he's getting up pretty early. And maybe this is a buck that I can kill an hour before dark the first couple days of bow season. So it's it's a fun month to collect the inventory Narrow your focus on where those bucks are moving. Get those mock scrapes out and start to put a plan together because before you know it, October 1st is going to be here. And I tell you what, you better have a plan put together October 1st, especially in these pressured states, if you want to kill a good buck because after those first couple days, it gets very challenging up until the rut, as we all know. So go out, enjoy July, glass those fields, get those cameras out, Enjoy time with family. Go fishing. Enjoy the heat. Because before we know it, those cold fronts are going to start and get us even more excited to start climbing trees in October. One last thing I really want to add, and I can't believe it took me this long to say it, but these next couple months are very vital when it comes to 
feeling confident with your archery equipment come this September and October. If you get, I don't care if it's two spare minutes or 20 spare minutes, shoot your bow as much as you possibly can. If you can every day, great. If it only takes, if it's only a couple times a week, great. But find time each and every week to shoot your bow at multiple different ranges, multiple different angles, so you're as comfortable as you can be this upcoming fall. When you put all this, think of all the work we've done this year, you get a 10-second encounter this October, you want to be as confident as possible that you can finish the process and put an ethical shot on that deer. And the only way to do that is to shoot as much as you possibly can, be as confident as you possibly can. So the doubt that I know has creeped into your mind at some point in your whitetail hunting career, I know it has me. You know, there's been the shots at 40, 45 that I just didn't take because I wasn't comfortable, because I wasn't completely confident, because I didn't shoot that distance and practice that distance as much as I should have. You don't want to let all that work go to waste by not feeling confident with your archery equipment this fall. So shoot as much as you possibly can, tune that bow, and do whatever you can to be as confident as you can this upcoming fall. Whether that's you shoot between now and October 1st, maybe you shoot 100 arrows, maybe you shoot 1,000, maybe you shoot 2,000 arrows. Whatever you need to do. So when that buck walks by, you are completely confident. And the I know I, I'm a big advocate of shooting year-round, but here we are in July. The season starts in two, two and a half months. You got to start shooting if you haven't, because that is the no, I think it is the number one most important thing as a bow hunter is to make sure you are confident with your equipment so you can make. I know that there's a ton of variables in bow hunting, but if you you can be confident that you can make an ethical shot at multiple different angles, multiple different ranges. That'll just make the experience so much more fun and rewarding in the end. So don't forget to shoot as much as possible. July 10th this weekend at West Michigan Archery Center, the guys from the Boga Hunting Podcast, we've had Jared on before, but James and Jared are putting on a big 3D archery shoot it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're in West Michigan this week, this upcoming weekend, Saturday, July 10th, I believe it starts at 9 a.m., uh, the guys from BOGA, along with their sponsor, are putting on a big archery shoot at the West Michigan Archery Center in Rockford's Coat. So go check it out. Have a good time with a bunch of fellow hunters. Shoot that bow. Start to get confident for this upcoming fall. That being said, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have another episode coming at you next week. And in the meantime, stay wild, hunt hard, have a good one.